Hey listeners, we have a very rare opening for an associate sound designer mixer here at DeFacto Sound. That's my sound design studio and the studio behind 20,000 Hertz. To learn more, visit jobs.defactosound.com. This application window closes on May 22nd. Now, onto the show. You're listening to 20,000 Hertz. I'm Dallas Taylor. If you are from the U.S., this song means Plinko, Spinning the Big Wheel, and Showcase Showdowns on the Price is Right. This game show is a hallmark of American daytime television. If you're outside of the U.S. and haven't seen the show, it's the pure joy of retail therapy distilled into one hour of games. It's centered around guessing the prices of stuff that you probably don't need. And in my opinion, it's the most perfect game show ever. It comes from the famous Bob Barker studio. The sound of this show is iconic. It's like a slot machine on jackpot, fueling frenzied fans in the studio audience eagerly awaiting for the chance to come on down and be contestants. You are the first four contestants on The Price is Right. But even devoted fans of the show might not know that The Price is Right used to sound completely different. These four people need to compete for the prizes of a lifetime on The Price is Right, presented by... And now your host on The Price is Right, and here he is, Bill Cullen. That was from the original Price is Right, which premiered in 1956 on NBC with host Bill Cullen. That's right, there was a host before Bob Barker. Impossible. The original show was way more subdued, to put it lightly. Well-dressed contestants sat behind podiums on the stage and did their best to guess the prices of items. I'll go 200, Bill. 200 to Mrs. Sprite. In the classic version of the show, this is the structure of the qualifying round to get into the actual game. For the actual retail price, $1,500, the winner, Mrs. So that sounds about as fun as wandering the aisles of a department store. But the original Price is Right lasted for nine years before being canceled. Then... In the early 70s, pioneering TV producer Mark Goodson decided to revive the show. Goodson, along with his business partner Bill Todman, created many of the most famous game shows in history, including Family Feud. It's time for the Family Feud! Match Game. Match Game! And To Tell the Truth. At the same time, a young composer named Ed Kalehoff was just getting his start making TV show theme songs. I had recently come to New York and I met a guy that turned out to be not such a nice guy, but he had a lot of themes going on television. Introduced me to Mark Goodson and Bill Todman, the game show kings of the time. And I started out doing a few of the smaller games, Password and I've Got a Secret, those shows that he was bringing back on television. And then he was going to bring back The Price is Right, but he's going to take it to Los Angeles. Needless to say, American culture and television changed dramatically from the premiere of the original Price is Right in the late 50s to its early 70s revival. For the show to stick with modern audiences, it needed a contemporary sound. 
Mark Goodson had already been hearing the Moog synthesizer, which I had gotten from Dr. Moog. He was intrigued with this new sound and one of the first people to really delve in. And there was actually nobody doing much with melody, being a kind of a jazz guy and very varied in my styles. I was playing a lot of different kinds of music on the Moog, which does incredible things. The great influences on me were the great movie composers. I loved writing accessible music. I loved writing stuff that was intelligent, what I would call intelligent. Mark Goodson was really a special guy. He was unique in a lot of ways certainly a genius of games. And there were no showrunners. It was Mark. Mark enjoyed coming to my studio on 45th Street and 5th Avenue in New York. He got out of his tower up on Park Avenue and he could come down and like hang with the Truth and Soul Network, as I called it. He said, well, what do you have for me? So I said, I like to say the name of the show in the melody. The Price is Right. Yeah, yeah. The price is right. Uh, uh. And uh, he said, I like that. And of course, if he started to wiggle his foot, you knew you had him. You know, it was it was kind of a groovy sound. And that's how I presented the theme to Mark. And he said, okay, kid, how much to go do it? So, you know, I came up with a price and, uh, okay, go do it. So I, I said to him, I said, Mark, why don't you ever challenge me with my budget? And he said, look, if you say that's what it costs, that's what it costs. He didn't hear another note until I showed up at CBS in the sound booth and played it when they were loading in the first week of shows. But we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Let's rewind to find out how Ed recorded this iconic theme. At that time, we were doing a lot of London business for other projects, and I had great orchestras over there. So I went to London and took a synthesizer over there. Customs had a great time trying to figure out what it was. The Cold War was still on. They thought I was a spy. But once Ed got set up in the studio in London, some real magic began to happen with the musicians. Once you have good guys, the best players in the world that mastered their instruments, you can't go wrong. I mean, it's like having the best orchestra in the world to play your stuff. They get the music and they go, what do you want? We know the notes. What do you want it to be? And, you know, I tell them a story about, well, this is going to be, you know, tell them what they want, Johnny. These guys would play that way. I got to give them credit. So I learned the art of if you have a good pocket, meaning the good pocket of the rhythm, the drummer made that happen. It was almost a swing thing, almost a dotted eighth feel, but it wasn't. It was written you know, in sixteenths, which are even. What a drummer. I said, how did we get him? Well, you know, you were like, you know, you'd been here a couple times before. And so they said, yeah, we want to see who this Yank is, you know, who this Ed Kaloff guy is. He made it swing. And these players, they got behind it and they said, hey, this isn't TV music. This is something else. They made it come to life. Ed's contributions to The Price is Right went well beyond the theme song. 
He's also responsible for the other music and sound effects throughout the show. That includes the notorious horn that plays when someone loses, named the Lose. And for the correct answers, Ed went to a hardware store and tested a bunch of different doorbells before recording the perfect option. Ed's music was the perfect pairing to each episode of The Price is Right. The show became a huge, wholesome daytime TV hit. But the story behind the royalties for the theme song is anything but wholesome. More on that after the break. Here's this episode's mystery sound. And again. If you think you know what that sound is, tell us at the web address mystery.20k.org. If you get it right, you'll be entered to win a super soft 20,000 hertz t-shirt. NetSuite has simple solutions for complicated business problems. For example, let's say you open a bakery. Before long, your hotcakes are selling like, well, hotcakes. But you keep running out of ingredients. No problem, because not only can NetSuite automate your purchasing so you're never out of stock, but it can also check that your staff have the right training to make those hotcakes to perfection. NetSuite can even handle online orders so your hotcakes can really take off. Having one system handling all of this saves both time and money. And if there's two things we all want more of, it's time and money. Okay, so three things if you include hotcakes. That's probably why more than 37,000 businesses have already signed up for NetSuite by Oracle. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash 20k now to take advantage of this offer. That's netsuite.com slash 20k. netsuite.com slash 20k. In the early 1970s, the rebooted Price is Right with host Bob Barker was on its way to becoming a mainstay of daytime television. Ed Kalehoff was the young composer of the show's theme song. He should have been in an amazing position to profit from the show's success. Writing a long-running theme song is a career maker, with residuals providing a consistent stream of income for years. But if you check the credits for the show's theme song during that time period, you won't see Ed's name. You'll see Sheila Cole. A man, I won't mention his name because I don't want to take anything away from his ability to do business. Sheila Cole was his wife. After I had written The Price is Right theme and come back from London, he said, oh, I, I, I have to put her name down as the composer. It's just, it's just a technicality. I was just new at the BMI ASCAP world. He said, well, you know what? Uh, this time, it won't make much difference BMI and ASCAP are the two main performing rights organizations that represent American music writers and publishers working in TV and film. They set pay rates, work hours, and help determine how residual income is calculated and divvied up. Show producers provide a cut sheet, which lists all of the music cues needed in a given episode. And BMI and ASCAP ensure these composers and publishers get paid for their work accordingly. Well, I was originally ASCAP when I first came to New York, because that's all I knew. That's what I saw in sheet music that I would play in the nightclubs. ASCAP is American Society of Composers, Authors, and Publishers. BMI is Broadcast Music Incorporated. That was founded in Nashville. The government made them do that because there was only one performing rights society, and they, in the 40s, made them start BMI to 
anti-monopoly. So they came to me and they said, look, man, we can make your world much better. How it works is there's a theme. Look at it as two 100% pies. One is the publishing earnings and one is the writing earnings, the composer and the publisher. It's based on airtime and it's based on television income, a percentage of their advertising income. It's a small percentage. It would go from maybe 2 to 3.5% of their annual gross income that would go to the performing rights. Well, what happened was this gentleman, to make a relationship with Mark Goodson, said, okay, I'll make you the publisher. You'll make the money from the publishing, that 100% pie, but I'll collect the writers. Based on those rules, the Price is Right doled out a percentage of their ad revenue each year. But since Ed's name wasn't listed as the composer, he didn't receive any of the royalties. And I have to say, you can carry around the vehemence and the harsh feelings for a guy that would do that to a young kid. Why not split it? The income from that one theme, the Price is Right theme, that I wrote on the Hammond, that Mark shook his foot to, that I went to London, took it to L.A., and that was done. If you had written something that has earned to date maybe 40 or $50 million to date, that would have made a difference in your life. 40 to $50 million. That's what it means to write a theme song to one of the longest-running television shows ever. Just think, that small percentage of ad revenue piling up year after year into a fortune. And Ed missed out on all of it. I went to Mark Goodson and said, Mark Goodson, I can't work for you anymore. You let that happen. He says, I'll tell you what. I'll put your name down on the credits on the television. I said, well, that would mean a lot for me. And I'll give you all of the other music credits, which is income. Well, let's face it. That first deal at Price is Right, let me tell you, I still get kicked every time that theme plays. That would have made a big difference in my life. It would have been nice to recover that. I didn't. BMI and the mentors there said, look, man, just look. You're talented. Have a great career. You'll do great. So, with Ed's modern, high-energy sound, the revived Price is Right soared in the ratings. The show and Ed's music defined a generation of game shows and became a timeless piece of Americana. While The Price is Right became one of the most successful shows in history, Ed was building his career. First, I was with the king of games, Mark Goodson. I play guitar, and I played a theme. It was NBA on ABC. And I played the guitar solo. It was good, it made it, it was different. And uh, that got ABC open. That was Jeff Mason, who was then the producer. And then he became the president of ABC Sports. Ed even put a new spin on a classic football theme. We were doing Monday Night Football. You know that one? That thing. 
I was known for making things hipper, different twists. Ed became one of the most prolific and prominent TV show theme composers in the industry. In addition to his work on Monday Night Football, his credits include themes like Nickelodeon's Double Dare, PBS NewsHour, and ABC World News Tonight. After the relaunch of The Price is Right in the early 70s, the format and sound of the show remained mostly unchanged for decades. Then, in the mid-2000s, Ed found himself once again working on the theme that helped start it all. When Drew Carey took over, when Bob Barker retired, Drew said, man, this is in mono. It's a mono recording. And uh, he said, can you do it in stereo? I said, well, I, I think I can. We'd already been dealing with surround sound by that time. Ed had to make the sound of The Price is Right appeal to a new audience, all while leveraging the nostalgia audiences have for this beloved franchise. Here's what that mono recording sounded like. That was written at a time when I was, you know, young and on fire and already had started making a living difficult, but making a living. And it was okay. And I brought with me all of the wants and desires. And that theme goes through three key changes in the first 10 seconds. And here's what the new stereo version sounds like. And I said, listen, it's got to be real instruments. It's got to be a real Moog. If you don't do that, it's not going to be the same thing. Some new musicians, all in New York. A lot of the guys that play Saturday Night Live are on the session. Some great players. And we all studied my old mono recording. And what's on the air now is a remake of the original mono recording. It's still running, and it's a lot of fun to hear it. After more than four decades in the industry, Ed hasn't stopped writing themes or playing music. That's what I was born to do. I never did anything else. I love sailboats. I love working with my hands. I love the art world. And yet, writing music, it's like I hear something. Jeez, that's a great idea that guy just used up. If I'm not out there writing some good stuff, these guys are going to write the themes and I'm going to wish I wrote them. Even as late as last night, I heard something, a manipulation of sound. It had a whoosh in it. It had a low frequency, warm, chordal, harmonic movement. And it went into a melody. And it was just that three seconds of sound. Like That was a special moment of something that really spoke to me. I said, I wish I thought of that. I said, I can't stop. Twenty Thousand Hertz is produced out of the studios of DeFacto Sound, a sound design team that makes commercials, documentaries, and trailers sound incredible. To hear some of this sonic goodness, visit DeFacto Sound on Instagram. This episode was written and produced by Mike Bayreuther and me, Dallas Taylor, with help from Sam Sneebly. It was edited and sound designed by Soren Bejan. It was mixed by Jai Berger. 
Thanks to our guest, Ed Kalehoff. To hear more of Ed's work, visit edkalehoff.com. Thanks also to RT Drums 2121 from YouTube for their drum cover of the Price is Right theme. You can find that video on our website, 20k.org. The music in this episode is from our friends at Musicbed. Go listen at musicbed.com. Finally, are there any other classic TV sound stories that you know of? Well, I'd like to hear all about it. You can chat with me and the rest of the 20K team through Facebook, Twitter, or by writing hi at 20k.org. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.